Welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. It's been a year since we last went through the turnstiles, Tom. Forest QPR, um, almost a year to the day. Who would have thought it that uh, when we entered the turnstiles on that dreary Saturday afternoon, that that would be the uh, the last time we, we went to a match for probably what looks like it's going to be a, a, a year and a half. It's absolutely crazy. Um, how are we? Happy Sunday night. I'm all good. I mean, I can't believe we're gagging to go back to football, given that the last game we went to was uh, thrilling nil-nil. Right, we, we were robbed. I mean, Absolutely. at least we didn't go to the next one, which would have been probably most other people's last one. No, uh, well, yeah, we 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 uh, yeah we missed that one, didn't we? We were we were in various places, but yeah, I was I was gutted that I was missing that. I, I, like like we said before on the pod, I, I do like a Friday night under the lights at the city ground. But uh, when I was tucking into my uh, meal that night and the scores were coming through, I was quite happy I was elsewhere. But uh, I don't and I don't say that very often. But yes, uh, but we would give anything now. We would even we'd take if you said to us. You could go to a match at the city ground, but you'd lose three 0 You'd probably still take it for an afternoon out with the lads. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't rate your lot's company that much, to be fair. Well, so. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. But are you well? It's been a good week for us again this week. Um, it's it's uh, it has been a good week, but obviously outsiders may not look at it as as so much of a good week in terms of two games, one defeat, one win, but. In the context, it's it's you know the results don't really uh, speak volumes for the actual um, performances. It's been a really good week, I think, for Forest. Yeah, positive week, and even the negative of the week is a positive, really. Um, probably actually one of the better weeks, even though we've seen a defeat. I'd say probably one of Forest's strongest weeks, if not the strongest week of the season for Forest. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been largely positive and obviously the hope is to take that positivity into what is going to be a, uh, a massive week. I feel like we say it every week. Well, it is at the minute, isn't it? It's, you know, we ended the pod last week talking about you can never get too comfortable in the championship. And I mean, some of the results this weekend, again, have just been absolutely, uh, absolutely crazy. The Huddersfield beating Swansea 4-1, was just, just. Like, well, I think we had something to do with that, didn't we? Well, we did, we did, and we, and we like will talk when, about that. But it's like when some losers trying to open a jar and can't get it open, but they've done all the work really, and then some <laughs> some top spot comes along and opens it up straight. There we go. We're we two minutes in. You're already coming out of a crap analogy, but I like it. But there has been, haven't there? There's been some really weird ones. I mean, I mean, I suppose QPR Brentford, on the face of it, given the form guide, might not look like. So much of a crazy one, actually. Um, QPR, I think, now four wins on the spin, three wins on the spin at least, and obviously Brentford going through a bit of a tricky patch. But it's, um, yeah, it's been a really, it's, it's just another bizarre weekend. Um, and You don't need to remind me about QPR when a lad's at work sports QPR, and I was telling him that Austin wouldn't add anything to that team. And uh, it's fair to say he's made me look like an absolute... Well, he has. Bournemouth, sorry, not not QPR, Brentford, QPR, Bournemouth. And obviously, we know the run that Bournemouth are going through. But on the face of it, you know, another one that you probably would have expected to go to go Bournemouth away. Um, you just, you can't take your eyes off the championship. It, it, it ebbs and flows every week. And, and you know, we talked, didn't we? Well, I mean, the, the, the title of our episode last week was, was Forest Needs Substance Over Style. 
we've actually seen a, a bit of both this week, and and I think that's probably what the what's been the pleasing aspect of, of the week in terms of you've seen Forest playing in a different way and, and in pockets some really good stuff in some pockets not so good stuff, but they've still applied themselves and and the results we've seen this week in terms of the one win and one defeat have probably been in the reverse order that we would have expected. Um, but I think in, 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 in some ways that, that shows the progress that, that Chris Hewton is making, that, that the performance against Swansea was so good um, and we were disappointed with coming away. I, I mean, I predicted a 1-0 Swansea last week, but I don't think I would have predicted it in the way that, that it came um, and, and, you know, let's not forget, we went to Swansea, didn't we, a few weeks ago and got done 5-1. Um, so 1-0 away from home against Swansea naturally would, would show progress, albeit obviously the context of the 5-1 was a cup team. But it really didn't speak volumes at all in terms of the way Forrest played. Forrest were excellent. Um, and there yeah. is progress, real yeah. progress under Hewton. Yeah, I think obviously we'll come on to the performance specifically on that. But I think, you know, we thought the majority of of what we see from Forest really from the rest of the season would mainly be substance without much style at all. But actually, Hewton's got to the point where and his team's so confident that they've got substance nearly nailed down that actually we're now seeing a bit of that flair that probably we wouldn't have expected maybe until next season. Obviously, the substance is still the most important part as we still go into the 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 end game of the season, but. But it's nice to see that actually there is clear confidence there and that they can take on anyone. Um, and they have got a bit about them at the moment. Um, it's not just all about that substance now. It is about how can they take the game to other teams. And um, it was really good to see that this week. I think we have seen it. Yeah, well, look, they've definitely got something about them. I mean, that, that's three straight clean sheets at home and, and now eight clean sheets in the last 15 games. I mean, that just demonstrates how hard that team are working from where they were early in the season. You know, you talk about it's a big week coming up and we've got obviously two tough away games against... I'm going to say fellow strugglers. I'm still going to put us in that that bracket, and I know some people listening to the pod will will have aspirations, and and you know we, we joke about it with 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 our lads that it's kind of we should be looking upwards and not behind, but we're still in that bucket of um, you know still a lot of uncertainty in terms of how the season will play out. So two big ge- games next week: Rotherham and then obviously Derby on Friday night, both on Sky. It is a tough week, but it's an exciting week, you know, and we should be going into it in full confidence and looking forward to those fixtures. And we'll, we'll talk about both of those sides in more detail later on. But but Forrest won't won't go into this week fearful. They've, they've, the, mo- the most important thing, I think, was coming through this weekend with a win against Blackburn, especially in the context of what happened midweek. That set them up nicely now and, and they'll be full of confidence going into to, to these two games. You sure hope so. I mean, like since 2021, really, since the new year, um, you know, it's been positive in general, really, for Forest um, since they've come into the new year. And, and you know, even though we're talking about a week with one defeat and one win, it doesn't doesn't feel like it was only one victory because, like you said, even though it is three points out of six, the performance levels really merited um, the extra three points that they got zero points from. Um, so they will go into this week full of confidence, um, you'd hope. But it's a week which, you know, they can't take much for granted. But in terms of those performances against Swansea and Blackburn, I mean, Swansea in particular was obviously, uh, for me, I think Forrest's best performance of the season. So, far. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the week then that's just been. Um, 
we said this time last week, it's a tricky, it's a tricky week. It's a tricky week on paper. Um, trip to Swansea and then home to Blackburn. As I said a minute ago, results-wise, it, it it went as we predicted, but with a defeat, obviously, at Swansea in the three points against Blackburn. But it was it was so different to, to kind of those results on paper. Um, Forest went into this one on good form, so you know they they were a different side to probably what they were, and it was literally a different side to, to what it was at Swansea a few weeks ago. Um, and obviously, they came off the back of a strong performance against Bournemouth. Um, but look, honestly, I think we both said, didn't we? We both thought this was going to be a, a bridge too far for Forest, and we and we thought they they may come unstuck uh, against a Swansea side that flying high aspirations of not even playoffs this year, aspirations and I think genuine aspirations of top two. Um, and yeah, it was um, it was it was set up to be a good game, but you you, you did fear for Forest. Yeah, I think we spoke about last week, didn't we, when we were talking about what was to come for Forest. You know, we spoke about how Swansea like to keep possession. They'll pretty much run the game. Um, they will have chances and they'll they'll limit Forest to, to barely anything. I think the the most encouraging thing for, for Forest in, in this one was actually that story wasn't true. People people would have listened to that and going, God, he knows absolutely sod all. But in general, that was the story for Swansea for most of their games this season. And actually, Forrest weathered that incredibly well because it was actually Forrest that, that controlled this game. Um, Forrest looked like the team that were near the top of the table. Um, and Swansea looked like the team that, that were actually holding on for, for a point. It's just unfortunate, really, that you know we said... Um, that we thought this would be too much for Forest. Performance-wise, it certainly wasn't. Uh, Performance-wise, Forest, Forest were well, well on their game above anything else we've seen this season. But unfortunately, it's one of those things where, when when you're playing a team at the top and you're down at that 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 other end of the table, it's um, it's who gets the rub of the green, um, who gets those little bits of luck, those little moments, and um, you know that was really the difference between these two teams. Otherwise, performance-wise, uh, stats-wise, it was all Forest. Um, it's just unfortunate, really, that that they came off of this one not with the result that they. Thought yeah, they great. Did. And I say, I think it's worth saying. So the reason I point it out is because I think a lot of Forest fans would have gone into this one probably not really looking forward to the match, not really expecting too much. But as you said, I mean, truth be told, you really couldn't tell who was the side pushing for, for promotion at the top and, and who was kind of scrapping around at the bottom. It was um, it was a superb performance. The three, the three changes for this one, obviously, which is understandable given the turnaround, Ribeiro, Lolly grabbing in, obviously Bong, Freeman and Super Glenn Murray all, all missing out. Probably expected, we expected it after Bournemouth where he made no changes. And obviously we talked at length last week about that. He needed to freshen it up just to kind of, you know, in what was a, and what they probably anticipated would be a, a night of, of, you know, a lot of, a lot of running, a lot of pressing for the squad. Um, it's important to use that squad for, for, for the fixtures that have, and the kind of the run that we're on um, in terms of the Saturday Wednesday, Saturday uh, schedule. Good changes as well to bring in, and, and all of those players added something. Yeah, I think um, 
we we would have expected that Glenn Murray's thirty seven and isn't going to be playing the full ninety minutes every single game. Uh, Luke Freeman's had his injury problems, and Gate and Bong is Gate and Bong. So you know, if the changes he made. Um, were probably sensible. We, we're going into probably. He looked at this one, and although he wouldn't admit it at the time, probably thought this was probably the least likely game within the run of games that he's got that you would get anything from, and therefore probably did have a little bit of an eye and a little bit of a focus on Blackburn and the games after that that we that we've already touched on. We're going to talk talk a bit more about. Um, so that was probably why he, he gave probably those players a bit of a rest that's needed to make sure that this squad is still fit and ready for another crazy period. Yeah, let, I mean, let's go back to the game plan because obviously we mentioned it in terms of how Forrest might approach this one. And and yeah, again, I think going into it, everyone would have expected Forrest to play a similar type of game plan to what they did against Bournemouth last week, where it won't be about creating too many chances. It'll be about staying in a good shape, staying nice and compact, closing down where possible, and then obviously trying to hit Swansea on the break um, where they can. But, I mean, again, it was it was, it was was a completely different kettle of fish. I mean, Forrest were, I thought, they, they were excellent. They, they, they looked confident on the ball and they moved it quickly. It's something that we've not always seen. And not only that, they moved it quickly, but they moved it forward. Um, I mean, the closing down of Swansea was was excellent. They were closing down every opportunity. There was a lot of running. They just never allowed Swansea to settle um, and play the way that Swansea liked to play. In. And, and it was, it, you know, the, everyone in that, every player in that red shirt on on uh, on Wednesday night against Swansea just, just ran and ran and ran and, and gave their all for the cause. And I think the game plan worked superbly. And, and Chris Hewton will be delighted with that. Swan, Swansea never got going time, did they? And I mean, how much credit did, was it an off night for Swansea? Or because you know you've seen a mixed bag from Swansea fans going, "Oh, we, we you know we had one of those nights; it just wasn't working for us. It wasn't clicking." I think that's doing Forest a, 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 a massive disservice. I think yes, okay, teams do go through spells where they you know they don't get the ball down as as quick as they can, and obviously can't really get into their their rhythm. But Forest deserve a lot of credit for the way they went about things and really disrupted Swansea. And just didn't allow them. They knew Forest knew quite well what Forest were going to, sorry, what Swansea were going to try and do to them. And the first and foremost was stop them from playing. But when they get the ball, do like move it and do something with it. And yeah, Forest deserve a lot of credit for, from my perspective. Yeah, I think you could possibly uh, say that Swansea weren't on on their A game. Um, but I do think, yeah, it would be a bit of a disservice to Forrest because, you know, regardless, Swansea have probably, you know, not been on their A game for a few games this season, but have still, you know, come out dominant in a game, especially a team that are down at the opposite end of the table. I'm sure, you know, they probably didn't expect Forrest to come at them like they did. They probably expected, like we did, typical Chris Hutter, he'll set up, just make them defensively solid, try and Do you think the cup game, game was in the back of Swansea's probably... mind as well? Do you think there could have been a, a touch of, um, I mean, like I say, Forrest, so, Forrest seemed fired up for this one and, and, and buoyant, obviously, after their recent run. Do you think maybe in the back of Swansea's mind they might have underestimated Forrest? 
Yeah, potentially. I, but I think, again, that's probably a bit of a disservice. It's pro- probably more down to, you know, the Forest players and their mentality and how annoyed they were. You know, Chris Hewson probably played two rum- like, idiots on a pod called Time Added on Pod that said that they haven't got a chance uh, and that Swansea would dominate the whole game. They didn't. You know, the players came out, won everything, went for everything. We're not scared at all to go at Swansea. And Houston pretty much set them up to play Swansea at their usual game, and Swansea couldn't cope with it. And it's probably not something, as you get to this point of the season, you do start seeing that teams start becoming a bit cautious against other teams, um, especially those at the top. And Forrest did not give any any respect to Swansea whatsoever. They went, right, whatever you can do, I can do better. The table doesn't say it. But they obviously had confidence to go and do that themselves. And um, I think, you know, not only just a disservice to say that Swansea had a bit of an off day, which they may have, but Forrest performed extremely well. And I think it's also a disservice to say it might have been Swansea's complacent mentality. I think it's probably more to do with Hewton giving them a bit of a rocket and those players coming out and wanting to get any single point they can. And it's the first time in a while that we've probably seen these players fight for each other completely and back each other the way that they did and again it goes back to what I was saying before the the main positive for me was how Forrest for the first time in ages for me controlled a game pretty much for the whole game and that was probably credit due to that mentality and how they came out and wanted to fight for it and fair play to them. Yeah, but it was more than that, wasn't it? It was more about just controlling the game and and stopping Swansea and, you know, moving the ball quickly. They created chances and they they created good chances. And I suppose, look, if we were going to put one negative on the night, was the fact that for all the the dominance that Forrest had and all the chances that they created, suppose... It was our old Achilles heel again, where we, you know, we created chances but but failed to take them. I suppose the positive thing is though that we 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 created a lot of chances, and that hasn't always been the case this season. Um, but they were there were some really good chances. I mean, you, you can reel them off. I mean, Knockart obviously right on half time with his curling effort that just clipped the bar. You thought that one was going in, and what a great time that would have been to score going in the break. Obviously, just after the break, knockout with his header just past the far post. Grabbing had, a, had a, a shot from a tight angle that just whistled past the post. I mean, the one that will haunt Forrest was the the, the great chance I had with, with almost a three-on-one counter um, when Cafu found Grabbing with a good ball. But, I mean, gra- Grabbing just... I mean, he'll look back at that. He'll not be happy with his, with his, uh, with his work on that one. Instead, he just squandered a real poor final ball when... If that ball had made it through, you'd have fancied Forrest to to go and put that in the back of the net. But they had they had enough chances, Tom, and they they had look. I've just reeled off a few there, but they had another couple of efforts from from range, and they got into good positions where you know they had good balls across the face of goal, but just just couldn't find the man. They they just couldn't get it in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, I mean, on another night, Forrest could have quite easily had couple of goals, if not two or three goals. Um, it's just really it was really frustrating from that point of view, and. And ultimately, if you don't take your chances, you're always worried that you'll pay the price. And, and ultimately, that's what happened. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I think it goes back to what we were saying before about how it's funny in football, there's no kind of science behind it. But, you know, when you're at that one end of the table, something will just come off you. And when you're at the other end of the table, it won't come off you. 
Um, you know, if you said to me last week that Forrest would have 11 shots compared to Swansea's five and we'd have more shots on target as well and the possession would be pretty much even Stevens, I would have laughed in your face. Um, and, you know, sometimes those things just don't don't come off, whether it's a confidence thing or whether it's just that general rub of the green. Um, they just they just don't come off. And, um, you know, I think Forrest will be... It's just one of those things when you're at that end of the table. Forest will be absolutely gutted that they didn't take their chances. But at the end of the day, yeah, the, the, they created enough. And if they can take that into into other games this season, um, they will have no problems. It's just about taking those opportunities, and that is why Forest are where they are. Um, and that's why Swansea. You know, I texted you, didn't I? Um, once we'd missed a couple of those chances and said. Um, this is, you know, this is, yeah. you know, what's going to happen. Um, Forrest will miss those chances. Swansea will have one and they'll score. And how and annoying was it? Back. I mean, Roberts again, we've almost, a, 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 I don't know if he scored another goal actually, other than his goal at the city ground early in the season, but almost a, a, an absolute carbon copy of the goal that he scored earlier in the season. Out jumping Ribeiro at the far post, kind of obviously steaming in. Ribeiro's got a bit of a standing start, but. He's not a big lad, uh, Roberts, and obviously neither is Ribeiro. But the whole back four, watching that goal back, um, they'll be disappointed that they've given that one away. And obviously, Joe Worrell was, I think it's fair to say, he was less than impressed at the marking and the defending on, on, on that one. But yeah, real, real disappointing, right at the death, you say. It just looked, they only really had, that was their one meaningful effort on goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's all it takes. Football can be cruel and... Um, it certainly was cruel, I think, on Forest on on Wednesday night. They they, I mean, I, I think a draw would have been unfair on Forest on Wednesday night. Let's be honest. It was it was a it was a performance that warranted three points. But look, you you, you don't get it, and and that's football. And there'll be games that we go and win where you go, oh, well, we've got away with one there. We've had one shot. On, well, there were games to be fair last season we did that where we had one shot on goal and we'd get three points. So look, it happens. It's hard to feel too disappointed in that defeat though. It wasn't one of those where you are you, obviously you are massively disappointed in the fact that you conceded so late in the day when you deserve to take the three points. But in the round when, when obviously when you kind of sit back and think about the game overall, and as you say, Tom, the fact that Forrest played so well and and dominated in so many areas of the pitch, it is hard to it is hard to be too disappointed. And it was without a doubt the best performance uh, of the season. And we talked last week, didn't we, about potentially Bournemouth being the best performance of the season from a team shape, defensive effort point of view. This was one better because this had all of those attributes and the makeup of Chris Houston's side, but it had a sprinkling, as we say, of attacking intent um, with real meaning about it as well. So um, it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant all round. I mean, they made Swansea work and work and work and probably ran Swansea into the ground. And as you said, Tom, at the start of this, they paid the consequence for that yesterday because, I mean, they were absolutely spanked at Huddersfield 4-1. And, and no one would have seen that coming either. But 4-1 is an absolute drubbing. And yeah, you do wonder what the efforts of Wednesday night and the way that Forrest went about their business, what that did to that Swansea side going into the weekend. Yeah, it would have not, not the confidence, I'm sure of it. Um, you know, you, you had a Forest team that would have taken great confidence, although really frustrated that they didn't take any chances and actually came away with absolutely nothing from it. Um, 
everyone knew that Forrest dominated that game. Um, and he, they would have ran Swansea down, not just physically, but mentally. Um, and I think, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I, I'm sure I just feel... Oh, you don't score for well, that. Yeah, playing well. So let's not do... Exactly. We might be doing hundreds exactly. of disservice but, if we're just saying, oh, well, Forrest did all the work there. It's, it's a home gimme. Absolutely not. We're not suggesting that for one minute. But you just think the tiredness that would have been in their legs... Um, after the way that Forrest ran them around, would have obviously had some sort of uh, effect on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. And I think, um, look, you know, Chris Hewton will be annoyed that that his team came away with absolutely nothing from something which he, he and many others probably feel should have come away with all three. But he will be very positive about that performance. Um, and he'll take great confidence that they can do things in different ways. They can stay resolute and um, encounter teams and, and try and go that way, or they can dominate games. You know, we're seeing now a few different ways of Forest to do things, and that'll be really important as we go into this end of the season because they're going to play teams that, you know, require different different skills and different qualities. And we've seen that this week. We've seen on Swansea the style with that substance. And then probably what we're going to go and talk on talk about now is maybe a bit more mm. substance than style. Yeah, definitely. Look, I think the Swansea yeah. games is now the, the bar's been set there from performance points of view. That'll be the blueprint, I think, for Chris Hughes to moving forward in terms of how he wants his side to play. Um, it's now, it's, it's, it's how often can Chris Hughes to replicate that level of performance week in, week out. And yes, it will be about, I still believe it's about getting through to the end of this season and allowing Chris Houston to really have a stamp his influence over this squad and this team over the three months in the summer. Because obviously, let's not forget, you know, all things being well, we should be hopefully back to some sense of normality from the football calendar. Um, so he will have a three-month summer um, where he'll really be able to, to do that. But I, yeah, it's still all for me. It's about these performances are brilliant. And it, it showcases what they're able to do. Um, I don't think we're going to get that level of performance each week, and that's fine. Um, that's that you know that would probably be expecting too much as a fan at this stage um, to be expecting that week in week out. But it's about taking all of those positives and, and being able to apply them when they can. The Blackburn game, Tom, as you say, this 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 weekend was probably. You know, we talk about the effect that the the game midweek had on Swansea. Let's be honest; it would it, it took it out. It would have taken it out of. Of Forest as well, you know, it's a long way to go on a Wednesday night, Swansea. Um, I think Chris Hughes mentioned in his interview there, obviously they didn't get back until the the early hours of Thursday morning, and that wouldn't and that obviously wouldn't have helped the the legs of a obviously of the squad and, and in terms of how hard they worked. And we probably did see to probably see the effects on Forest as well, um, and it probably kind of explained an element of the performance against Blackburn yesterday. And look, that's not to say it wasn't it wasn't a good performance, but obviously it certainly wasn't as fluid as fluid as midweek. Yeah, and I think Forest Forest uh, upturn in forms, you know, it's been orchestrated by that midfield three of Garner, Cafu, and Kravinovic for me. You know, 
unlike the rubber options where you know they might pick up the ball and it will be the game will be immediately slowed down. They're smart about it. Sometimes they look up, they pick the quick pass out, which is really where most of Forest's uh, attacking threat comes from. Is when they're quickly passing the ball, one touch passes. Um, other times they pick it up, they intercept, and they you know they're smart about things. They're streetwise. They maybe do look for that more simple pass. They just know what to do. They can read where everyone else is, where the game's going, and that's vital. That's vital. And Forest, the reason they're picking mm. up points is because they're winning that midfield battle now. You know, they're 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 starting attacks from that central midfield. They're finding the right passes. And a lot of it, you know, Cafu's form has been fantastic, but the additions of Garner and Kravinovic have have definitely been. Oh God, Jesus! It's been yeah, I mean the bar was low, but but you are right. The players that have come in have, have come in. They've made a difference now. You think you know Kravinovic is is a starter, right? He, Garner is a starter. Glenn Murray, you have to use right, but you would think he's probably the main man up top, um, or him and Graven will certainly rotate. So there's there's good there's good options in there and say they've, they've made a difference to the way they play they've been well supported you know we talk about the the, the, the center midfielders but obviously the wingers as well knockouts really you know coming to his own just don't get into defense but lolly's you know played well against swansea Mighton's come in got a goal you still got amiobi to come back all three of the strikers have contributed you know murray's obviously had a cracking start to to his forest career you know, Graben in Pat has played well against Swansea. Yes, he'll be disappointed with a couple of his his, his his final balls, but I thought he was dangerous. And look, a little bit of a shout out for your man, Lyle Taylor, as well, because I thought when he got half an hour yesterday, it's hard for him, right? He's not played a lot of football in recent times. And obviously, he'll look at Glenn Murray coming in and thinking, bloody hell, I probably, you know, maybe he doesn't think like that, but third in the pecking order. But thought for the half an hour he came on yesterday, he really offered something. And, and, there was the, there was the one where he, he he plucked the ball out of the air from a from a pass that was absolutely pinged to him. Uh, it was some venom as well, and, and and he managed to turn it and 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 turn that into a kind of a, a bit of forward momentum for Forrest. And before he got about and, and led the line well for that half an hour cameo that he had yesterday. So again, that's another positive for Forrest. So really good week. Um, we've seen a bit of style, a bit of substance, and it, it's something to build on for um, for the big week ahead. And I, I, yeah, I, I thought the first half, especially more so than the second half. I think the second half was probably a, a, a tale of two halves. Um, but first half, I thought it was a, I thought it was a real, I thought it was a really good game of football to watch. I mean, Forrest came into it. Talk about changes again. Two changes for this one: Martin in for Lolly, Murray in for Graben. Graben out injured, but again, I think given the workload that he went through on um, midweek, I think you'd have expected Glenn Murray to start this one. Pleased to see Martin start, obviously, after the episode that we talked about last weekend in terms of Keaton giving youth a chance. Martin got a chance over uh, over Joe Lolly for this one. I think Lolly might might think himself unlucky. Um, I don't know whether that's a fitness thing as well in terms of just keeping him fresh and rotating him. But I thought Joe Lolly actually put a good shift in um, and had a, a relatively decent performance on, uh, on Wednesday night. And he'd have been hoping to keep his shirt for this one. But... Always good to see young mice and given a, a run. Yeah, I think you know we have to be we have to remember with Joe Lolly is that he has had problems. He has had problems that I think have affected him both physically and mentally this season. 
Um, he's a confidence player and he's not had the kind of season that he's had the last couple of seasons with Forest. Um, it was good to see Martin start. It's always good, like you saying. I do like what I see from Martin, the glimpses. Probably was a bit of a different game game for him to be involved in. Um, he didn't quite, he wasn't able to showcase, I think, the, the pace and skill that he's got. He's, he's definitely that kind of winger. Um, but it was definitely good to see him start. Um, although, you know, a lot of people might disagree. And he obviously did score score the goal, but I actually don't think it was his finest performance. Um, but, you know... Um, yeah, look, he's got start. a lot to learn still. And obviously it was mentioned on commentary that Chris Hewson was screaming at him just before he scored his goal to, to kind of use his body, be stronger. And I think that, that's the element of his game that he's got to develop, right? But he's still only a young lad. Um, I think we have to remember that as fans that he is still only a, a young lad who's learning his trade. But what what he can do in terms of his 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 pace, his trickery, his ability to turn, you know, it was obviously a deflected goal. Um, we love a deflected goal against Blackburn. Um, but you've got to take your chances, T- take the pot shot, have a go, and obviously he took a deflection and went in. But yeah, look, he got the goal. He'll be pleased with his goal there's still more work doing. I think that's the whole point. I think that's what we were trying to say in last week's episode, that you've got to play the young lads. You you know, we want the young lads to play, certainly the Forest Academy uh, products, but they've got to be able to contribute. They've got to be be able to, to, to kind of maintain that level of performance week in, week out. And obviously, we've seen bursts from Mighton and, and certainly we've seen some real good glimpses from him this season. There's definitely, I think, been progression from from his perspective, but is Mighton ready to be starting week in, week out in this in this team? Um, certainly when the likes of Amiobi are, are, are fit, probably not, but he's a great asset to have in the squad and his time will come where he will then be able to step up and get to grips with the championship. And the, these these cameo appearances, if you like, are, are brilliant for, for his understanding of what's required to be um, a championship player. And, and hopefully, obviously, I'm sure he's got a bright career ahead of him, and hopefully kick on and be a, a, a Premier League player. But yeah, I agree, Tom. I didn't think it was his. Um, I didn't think it was his best game, but look, he, he took his goal well. Blackburn obviously started off, as we say, they started off the game game really well. And Forest had to work a lot. Forest had to work an awful lot to keep to keep them quiet. And whilst they didn't create any clear cut chances. I think if Forrest didn't realise they were going to be in for a tough afternoon and, and given Blackburn's form, they thought they could just turn up and take the three points. I think they were um, they were, they were were in for a bit of a shock that might have come as a little bit of a, a wake-up call for them. I mean, Forrest did have the best chance of the game early on. Um, knockout with great work, to be fair. Good feet. Just unlucky again. You you did wonder whether it's just been one of those afternoons again where he, he, he puts a defender on his arse uh, takes the shot, beats the keeper, defenders back on the line, heads it clear. You did worry from that moment on that here we go again. Yeah, I mean, Forrest shouldn't have been too surprised that Blackburn came out the way they did. That's that's how they play. Um, and so they shouldn't have been too surprised how they started that first half. Um, but yeah, like you say, we were going to knockout. I mean, I felt like he should have taken the shot earlier. Um, he didn't. He decided to to kind of dummy it and, and wait. And he obviously in the end did get his shot away. But by that point, the defender was back on the line, knew exactly what, what Knockout was aiming to do. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny. I mean, Blackburn have, have struggled with form recently because they're not being as clinical as they were early on in the season. Um, and, I mean, Forrest obviously had problems putting the ball away against Swansea in midweek. So, I mean, we saw glimpses of that again early on in the game where where Forrest just weren't able to take some of those clear key moments that they have. Neither, neither were Blackburn. So, it was always going to be interesting. It was whoever was going to get that 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 chance, that one deflected opportunity or, or, or another opportunity, however it came. Um, I think that was... Yeah, look, definitely. This game. You think... I think you would you you could argue a case that Blackburn were a lot better with the ball. They looked a lot more dangerous in possession. You know, we talk about how quick Forrest moved the ball midweek. Blackburn were moving the ball really quickly. And when you've got the likes of Armstrong, Gallagher and uh, Brereton up front, and obviously, look, Brereton's a bit of a, a bit of hit and miss this season. I don't think he earns rave reviews from from Blackburn fans, but he is—he has started to develop in a Blackburn shirt and grow. And look, he is a danger. We know he can be a danger. So, with those with those front three, you've always got a chance. So, just but but again, Forrest didn't play that well. They didn't keep the ball very well um, yesterday, which was a strange one given how they played midweek. But they still created chances, and they had good chances. You know, the knockout one on another day, he puts it either side of the of the defender and it, and it goes in and Forrest take the lead. Forrest then did get the goal um, through Mighton and, and they really should have had, without playing top-notch stuff, they really should have had another goal that side, uh, this side of, well, in the first half before half-time. Um, obviously, Glenn Murray did really well um, and then turns, gets the shot away and that just goes past the far post and on another day, you'd, you'd probably expect Glenn Murray to, to bury that and then obviously we hit the hit the bar as well with Young Garner just before half time, which I think to be fair, I think the keeper might have had that one covered um, because it had some loop on it. But some really good chances. Forrest did obviously get a, a bit of a, a wake up call again. They had a wake up call at the start of the half. I mean Blackburn were very close to equalising in injury time. Um, Armstrong clipping the outside of the post um, from from a decent angle from distance as well. Um, and, and he was lively. I, 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 you know, he scored a lot of goals, Armstrong, this year, and you can see why. I like the look of him. He, he's a dangerous player, and he kept Forrest honest throughout the game, really. Um, and he and he kept that back four uh, on their toes. And then, as I say, Gallagher also shame, obviously for for shame for Blackburn. Obviously, Gallagher went off at half time with a with a burst uh, lung, and obviously we wish him we wish him the best. It doesn't sound very pleasant at all. Um, but Blackburn were a dangerous side. They, they didn't look like a side who were too lacking in confidence. Um, and you knew that, you, yeah, you, you thought, we, we talked in we half-time, we said you, you, you really felt that Forrest needed a second one um, just to make it, you know, nice and uh, oh, nice and comfortable. It's never nice and comfortable with Forrest at 2-0, but you, you, did, you did think Blackburn had grow into it in the second half. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, again, we talk about how Forrest didn't really keep the ball very well. I don't think that was Chris Hewton's intention and Forrest's intention. It seemed their aim was to pass the ball quickly between Cafu, Garner and Kravinovic and get that ball forward as quickly as possible because they knew, they knew Blackburn were frail at the back. They knew that they had problems and all of Blackburn's threat is, is in their attack. Um, so I think that's that's where that comes from. But yeah, it felt like Forrest needed 
a second. Um, it, it just did not feel comfortable, and you felt like Blackburn could get something, and and obviously they almost did nearly get mm. a, a massive opportunity, didn't they, Chris? Because um, I don't want to see Anthony Knockout defending that far back ever again. To be quite honest, there's been a few times now this season where I feel um, where I feel he's he's almost he's I know he's not a defender, but he's almost made. Uh, he's nearly messed it up massively. And well, he, 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 again, he, he, he had a... Anthony Knockout's had a good week, I think. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant against Swansea. And in, in pockets, I mean, going forward, there is absolutely no doubt that Forrest looked to give him the ball. And him cutting in on that right-hand side um, was, you know, he's a danger, a real danger. And we saw that first half. But from a defensive point of view, I mean, he's an absolute liability. Um, and there were times, there were so many occasions in that first half that um, that him and Christie were just at sixes and sevens in terms of who was picking up. And there's, there was there was no coincidence, I don't think, that, that Blackburn kept on peppering Forest down that down that side of the pitch because they knew that that Knockhart wasn't at home at all. And therefore, they were doubling up on Christie. And I mean, to be fair to Christie, I thought he had a, a relatively decent game, given the fact he, he had no help whatsoever. And he, he was, we all intents and purposes, they were they were peppering him. Um, and that was just, a, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was, it was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it was, it wasn't the best game. But I mean, let's let's talk about a second half because I think we're going to come up. We'll come on to knock Obviously, we know what we're going to talk about, but. The, the the first half was ebbed and flowing. It was a good game of football to watch. The second half, it was almost like the first 20, 25 minutes of that second half, it was almost, there was a lot of huffing and puffing from both sides, but but very little, very little happened. But then obviously, great move by Forrest, 20 minutes to go. Christie, Christie on the run, hits the post and and, and I, I really deserved a goal that, to be fair. And um there's been a couple of times this season where Chris has got forward and and he's been live and, and that one um that one was just really unlucky. Good save by the keeper, I think. I think he got something on it just to tip it onto the post. And then Taylor following up, obviously you'd think open goal, just took it in. Problem being, I think the ball came off the post at a rate of knots and Lyle Taylor was following up uh like a rate of knots as well. The two collided and the ball went wide, but you just you were you were begging again for that one just to nestle in the bottom corner, and you just think again, don't you? How's you look? Like we've hit the post, keeper's made a good save, open goal. You'd put your money on Lyle Taylor putting it away, and he's he's put it wide, and you're thinking here. We I, I hate to use the phrase again because I know I used it a minute ago, but with Blackburn with the danger, and you know they were knocking on the door from a possession sense. You did worry that 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 that, that chance would come. I mean. Being harsh on Taylor, should he have scored it? I think. I think watching it back, I don't think he could have done any more. But um, there's definitely people that are out there that think he probably should have put that away. No, I don't think he knew much about it, did he? Um, He's looking got smart on it. If I'd have stuck my leg out, it'd have probably been about five yeah, minutes after it had gone past me. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I don't think he had much chance to think about where he wanted that ball to go to. Um, so I think I think it'd be harsh to criticise him, but obviously you do think, like you said, Chris. I think um, you do think to yourself, "Oh, here we go." You know, they're gonna they're gonna you know really rue that missed opportunity um, because we know that Blackburn are an attacking threat, um, and Forest respite and Forest saving grace was that <laughs> Blackburn themselves 
can't hit a barn door with a banjo at the moment because yeah, that's where they're struggling. That that is why they they've dipped in form and. Um, you know, but you did think. Well, they'll not get a better chance, and obviously from the penalty spot, and and it was Anthony Knockart again in a defensive role. This time, obviously on the left hand side, Freeman came on uh, for for Young Martin, and therefore um, they switched Knockart onto the left wing, and obviously Knockart running back towards his own goal goes to head the ball back to Samba. Should have been quite an easy header um, back to the keeper. Makes a complete hash of it. Um, Blackburn player runs onto it. Samba, I don't think. I mean, he might be disappointed. I think Samba probably had to go for it and, and was obviously going for it on the proviso that he thought he would probably be scooping down to pick up the ball from a stronger header from his um, from his winger. But yeah, just an absolute calamity from uh, from Forrest. And, and that was the moment, wasn't it? You, you kind of go, well, we've had so many good chances. Armstrong is going to bury this from the from the spot. Um, it wasn't the best penalty, but Nine times out of ten, they still go in. It was a cracking save from Samba. It was a cracking save because it was still hit with a decent amount of power. But it was a cracking, uh, it was a, it was a cracking save. But to get up and obviously then claim the um, then claim the the rebound from an angle um, was brilliant. Shows shows Samba obviously at his best, and I think he is back to his best. Tommy, it is, he was claiming everything that was coming his way. Um, you can see the confidence at the back four. Having him, um, he really, I think he, like, him alongside the two centre halves. And I must admit, I've got to give, um, well, Worrell, as, as we talk about generally, his level of performance this season has been excellent. But I really think Figueredo in the last few, you know, last week at least has, has been rock solid. Um, and obviously they are building quite a, a, a good partnership. You know, for Figueredo, Figueredo does obviously have the, the, the odd lapse of concentration here and there. But two games this week, he's been brilliant. Right. On the big week ahead, do you want to give us your usual rundown, Tom? Yeah, we've uh, obviously already spoken about how it's a big week coming up for Forest, and um, it really is. You know, the two games coming up thick and fast, actually. Uh, first one on Tuesday night, um, Rotherham live on Sky, 7.45, followed by, obviously, the East Midlands derby on Friday night, also at 7.45, also live on Sky. So Forest have all the cameras on them to show to show how they've improved in, in this recent period and to try and take six points, which would be an absolutely vital six points if they can take them for, for more reasons than one. So if we start off first with Rotherham, so the team that just doesn't seem to want to give up, Paul Warren has them fighting. They do currently sit in 22nd, but with two games in hand. Last time out when we played them at the City Ground back in October, it was a 1-1 stalemate. Cyrus Christie giving away that unfortunate penalty, if you remember, Chris, um, where he kind of got up or kind of fell, um, got his legs kind of stuck. He gave it was away like Bambi on ice. He was yeah. like Bambi on ice. Um, Dan Belaza sticking it away. Um, and then Ryan Yates needing edit, a bit of edding practice. He missed the sitter. And Sammy Obi clawed Forrester Point in the second half. Um, they've won two of their last five, I've rather, against Derby and Preston. But they have lost three against an informed and tough, tough opposition in Cardiff, Bournemouth and Norwich, all losing by one goal. Um, and they've caused problems for those sides. In the last game against Norwich, they did have opportunities and they do prove to, to create chances. But with that threat comes 
Kunz Law's weaknesses in that they just aren't great at keeping hold of the ball and they are suspect at defending counter-attacks. It could be one where Forrest set up a similar way to maybe how they did against Blackburn. You know, They realise that Rotherham do have that attacking threat um, and a bit of bite, but actually they have a large weaknesses and try and get that ball forward quickly um, against their defence. Um, I mean, their most used formation this season is 3-5-2. They utilise wing-backs in, in Wes Arden and Matthew uh, Alessandi. And, and they control the game through the middle where they have Lewis Wing, Dan Balaza and Massey Crooks, who was linked with Forrest in the summer. And he's their high scorer on six, only behind Michael Smith. So it'll be interesting to see if Euton sticks with Garner and Cafu or if he feels that this might just be the right kind of game for Ryan Yates to get involved to counter the threat and control from those mentioned in the middle of the park there. Although it might be deemed slightly harsh to to drop Cafu and, uh, and Garner. Um, Rotherham are 14th in the, in the goal score table compared to the 3rd, 5th and 10th place teams that Forrest have just played and coped well with. Um, there's always at least a goal with Rotherham playing. There's been no nil-nils this season with Rotherham involved. They've scored at least once in 80% of their own matches at the New York Stadium. And saying that, they've also conceded at least once in almost 80% of their matches at home this season. So there's going to be goals. Um, and there has been at least two goals in the games at New York at the New York Stadium in 86% of the games and at least three in 64%. So Forrest will need to be resolute. You know, Rotherham do cause threats, but there is certainly going to be opportunities for Forrest again, opportunities to create and improve their XG away from where Forrest sit 16th in the table currently. So it could be a similar, similar kind of game to Blackburn. It'll be interesting to see what Chris Hewton's thoughts are on this. What's what's your thoughts? There's a lot of numbers in that passage there, Tom. There's a lot of numbers. Good stats. Um, yeah, look, it's a tricky one. Rotherham on, Rotherham sit third bottom, as you say, but they, they're the one that I worry about, Rotherham, in the run. They, um, I think you said at the start, they've got a never-say-die attitude. They've actually played some good stuff. And watching some of the highlights back from Norwich this weekend, they gave Norwich a bit of a fright. Um they are quite physical. Obviously, Matty Crooks is their top goal scorer. I mean, he's, he, I think he plays in the 10 role and he's a big lad. Um, so, Forrest are going to have to be on their game as they have been, obviously, from a defensive point of view. I think the way Hewen sets up will be, be interesting. Perhaps won't be that much difference in, in terms of the way he's played in the last few games in terms of pressing, trying to get hold of the ball quickly and then moving it as quickly as possible going forward and trying to get, obviously, the wingers in 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 knockout um, involved. I mean, there'll be a couple of changes. I mean, it'd be interesting what you said there about Cafu and Garner. I think Cafu and Garner will start. I think what you might see though is Kravinovic play a little bit deeper and as, a, as opposed to playing in the 10. You might play as a midfield three um, alongside those two. And Forrest potentially, depending on, you know, it will have the ability to, to, to change whether they're attacking or defending. But certainly when they're defending, it might be more of a four a, a, a kind of a four-five-one, if you like, um, and then even moving forward, you might see it as a four-three-three. But I think it'd be fairly fluid. Um, there'll be changes, I, I presume. You know, depending on what the injury situation is to Graben. Um it's a big call because obviously we play Tuesday, Friday, so you're going to have to manage that forward line. Um, potentially, Glenn Murray might start this one, and Graben might start on Friday night at Derby. Can't see young Martin starting this one. I think this one's got physical, a physical battle written all over it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who he goes for. Luke Freeman might get the nod on the wing. So tricky game. I'm going to go. I'm going to sit on the fence and go one-one. 
I think Forest will, you know, they'll also be sort of in the back of Forest's mind that whilst they'll go there, I, I don't doubt they'll go there to win the match. I think they'll also be thinking, just don't lose it. Just don't concede ground to Rotherham, who have got those two games in hand. So, I mean, it's got 1-1 one, 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 one over it for me. Yeah, I agree with you, actually, Chris. I'm going 1-1. One, one. Um, I think it will definitely have goals. But I think, you know, I mean, it would be... It'd be great if Forest could win this one because it really would put you in a much more comfortable position um, as they sit in that kind of last relegation spot. But, you know, look, I think um, Rotherham do have their threats. Um, Forest are going to have to be wary of those threats regardless of where Rotherham sit. Um, and they just can't afford to mess it up. Um, so, yeah, 1-1 one, one for me as well, Chris. If they need, um, if Forest need any sort of reminder of the danger of what Rotherham uh, possess is... You only have to look at what they did to Derby a week or so ago. And I know we all like to laugh at Derby. Um, but Derby, you know, and you're going to say this now, so I don't want to spoil it for you, but Derby have been on rel- on a relatively decent run of form under under Wayne Rooney. So they would have gone there again, um, knowing that that's a huge game down at the foot of the table. And obviously Rotherham did them 3-0. Um, so they'll just need to be wary of, of, of the Rotherham, like you say, Rotherham have got a goal in them. They can't underestimate them. Yes, we're off the back of three good performances against, you know, uh, Bournemouth, Swansea, Blackburn, who are all in the kind of top echelons. Obviously, Blackburn is slipping down, but certainly Bournemouth and Swansea. So, yes, they've played really well against teams at the top. And, and Forest record, must admit, in recent times against teams at the bottom of the league has been has been good. But, they, yeah, they have got to be wary of Rotherham. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, you've touched on it there. On Friday, it gets even bigger. Another relegation rival, but also it's a game against our good friends up the A52, in it, Chris? It's Wayne Rooney's Derby Calamity at the Prideless Park. Um, so let's talk serious first before we just, you know, rip, rip them to shreds. They've won three of the last five against a free-falling, free-falling Bristol City, Warnock's Borough and bottom of the table, Wickham, just... They did, however, lose to Rotherham 3-0 at the New York, so something's for us to think about. <laughs> and more recently this weekend, lost to Watford. Before they face Forest, they'll need to face what likely will now be quite a confident Huddersfield team um, after putting four past Swansea this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see what form they have coming into this one. Um, though, as we all know, form does go out the window in these games, let's face it. So Rooney's derby have been setting up as a 4-2-3-1 for most of this season. But in the last few games, they've set up in an old school now, 4-4-2, with Kazim Richards playing up top with either Lee Greg Reels that night and the likes of Waghorn and Patrick Roberts playing out wide. And the last time out at the City ground, it was 1-1. Uh, Waghorn putting them in the lead with, in the first half from a free kick. Shinny missed a golden opportunity to further their lead. Lau Taylor then sweeps an old close finish in the second half from a corner, which they weren't happy about because they thought there was some foul play in there. And it didn't, they didn't get any happier because they had a Josriak goal ruled out for obstruction of the keeper when when Waghorn decided to leap over the ball. And, Clearly and apparently, Clearly well, Let's not have this debate again, but apparently obstructed the view of the goalkeeper. So it's fair to say both teams have changed a lot since that game. Forrest have found some shape an identity since the new year. And Derby are now overruled by the Messiah that is Wayne Rooney and still haven't been taken over. Um, they found goals are to come by at home, although improved recently. They failed to score in over half their games at home this season. They've also kept, only kept a clean sheet in four games of the 15 at home and concede over a third of their goal 
goals in the last 10 minutes of matches. So it'll be an interesting one. The Derby games are weird enough without fans, although we know, you know, this is now the third Derby game without fans in it. Something that might feel quite normal for Derby, but weird for us. It's also one where both teams will not want to lose it, I think, Chris. It could make it could make this quite a tight affair and a bit of a tactical uh, some tactical mind games going on. Forest haven't lost the derby in their last seven fixtures and they'll be open to make that eight. Um, what's your thoughts on this one, Chris? Obviously, it's a, it's a big game for the league table anyway, but obviously it doesn't get much bigger um, in, in a season than playing your close rivals anyway. No, it, it's a massive game. It's a massive game. Always is a massive game, no matter where each team is in the league, but there always seems to be something riding on it. Going into the game, obviously, in the summer, um, at Derby, it was a similar affair in in a sense of Forest are obviously in the top six at that at that stage. Derby were chasing them down, and there was a uh, you know a decent gap um, between the two clubs. But it was one of those where Forest wouldn't want to go, didn't want to go to Pride Park, and obviously lose that game a for pride, but also b to obviously Derby, allow Derby to close that gap. And obviously, look, we know what happened that day. Um, obviously, Forrest pegged back in the what was the ninety seventh, ninety eighth minute to draw. Um, this is going to be this is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, I don't expect it to be a, 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 a spectacle, um, but it's going to be a hell of a game just for what is on it, and both sides will know. Yeah, even depend. No matter what happens in midweek, right? Both teams will know that this is huge for where they are. I think both teams realistically will have. You know, we, I think we've used the term tonight. Look, relegation uh, rivals. I think both sides will have aspirations of of getting out of that fight sooner rather than later. If if both of their uh, respective form continues, you know, I think both both sides will be looking to try and claw that gap back to mid table and 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 trying get to relative, so you're never safe in the championship, but some relative safety. But obviously also, you know, you lose a couple of games back to back and all of a sudden that that picture changes quite quickly. Um, it's going to be a tight affair. Um, I think you say Derby's performances at, at home have been interesting, to say the least. Um, our away form of late has, has been pretty decent and, and, you know, Forest seem like at the moment they've got the stomach for the fight. Um Again, I think this is going to be tight, and I'm going to sit on the fence again. I, I think this has got a, another draw, um, another draw across. It. I think both sides will, will, will probably cancel each other out, and it will just depends on on you know it might be something like a, an odd goal, whether that be a worldie or a mistake or something like that that that, that takes it. But yeah, I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for a nil nil. That's <laughs> really not very exciting. What an exciting week you've uh, predicted <laughs> for us. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Forest. Um, yeah, I'm not going to try and go into it just for the worry of people clipping me um, when I inevitably get it wrong um, and it's used against me. But I'm going to go 2-1 Forest. Um, I think, like you said, it will be a tight affair. I think there'll be opportunities for both teams. I think I think for- Derby will create chances. Um and I think Forrest will definitely have chances. Um, it's just about what Forrest turn up. Will he be clinical on the day? Um, I think they might. Um, but we'll see. I'm going to 2-1 Forrest. Though. Fingers crossed you're right, mate. Fingers crossed you're right. Um, it's going to make, whatever happens, it's going to make for a, a interesting pod 
next weekend, I'm sure. And let's hope that we've, um, we're as buoyant and as happy as we are this weekend and that we're still sat with uh, quite a, a sizable gap back to third place. So, um, look, if you want to get in touch with us on the pod, you can email us at timeaddedonpod at outlook.com. Or if you want to give us a follow on Twitter or give us some stick on Twitter, follow us on at timeaddedonpod. See you next week, guys. You read.